Well, it's just a few of us. Let's stand up and let's give God some praise this this Wednesday night. You are the one who knows my need before I call. You tell the story it will cease before it starts the God above who searches deep within my heart the highest praise cannot proclaim Great you hold There is none like you None like you Faithful one Jesus There is none like you None like you Faithful No sacrifice can now repay the dead I owe. I earn this gift of righteousness that was your own. Still, I will give. Myself away to make you know the name above all other names is yours alone. There is none like you, none like you. The faith. There is none like you, none like you, 
It's your prayer in our lungs, 
So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in tongues. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in tongues. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in tongues. So we pour out our praise to you, only Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your will cry these bones will sing great oh you Lord and all the earth will shout your praise and our hearts will cry these bones will sing great oh you Lord, all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great are you, Lord, it's your breath in darkness, so we In tongues, so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath. In tongues, so we pour out our praise, you all be Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Because all things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. And your constant grace. Remains the cornerstone. They thought we were dead, a breathing in life again. And you caused your sun to shine on darkest night. all that you've done we will pour out our love this will be our anthem song Jesus we love you oh 
how we love you. You are the one, my, my heart adores. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. And you are the one. Hopeless I found them The orphan now have a home And all that was lost Has found its place in you You lift our weary you make us strong instead You took these rags and made us beautiful For all that you've done, we will pour out our love This will be our anthem song Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. Are the one our hearts adore, our hearts adore, our hearts adore, you're the one, our hearts adore. Jesus, our affection, our devotion, pour out on the feet of Jesus, our affection, our devotion, pour out on the feet of Jesus, we love Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one. 
Hallelujah, Hallelujah. 
God Almighty reigns. Hallelujah. Oh, 
day you've had, what kind of week you've had, doesn't matter any of those things. He's still Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. He's worthy. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of our honor. He's worthy of our worship. God, I'm so thankful that you don't change due to circumstances or events that take place. Your heart towards us remains steady and steadfast. Your mercies are fresh and new every morning. And your compassions, they fail not. How can we not lift our voice and our hands and our hearts in praise and worship to you. Spirit of God, we pray tonight that you would have your way in our midst. You would speak to us tonight. And that God, that your purpose and plan for each and every one that's here or maybe watching by way of the internet, whether it's even tonight or at a later date, God, that you have something for them. And so we pray, as you said in the scripture, let us have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Because even though you're holy and mighty and powerful and all those great and incredible things, God, you are deeply concerned about each and every one of us and what's taking place in our lives. And so we say, Lord, give us ears, give us understanding that we might hear and we might discern what you're saying to us in this day and in this hour. For your glory and for your kingdom, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Wednesday night. I said welcome. Hello. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Who's here? <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, this is... According to Christian calendar, this is Holy Week, but I think every week is Holy Week. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to I want to get into the Word tonight. I don't want to take too long on this. I have something I do want to share, and let me switch mics. 
that I can, now I got my hands, praise the Lord. I could do it if I had to, I'm sure. Amen. Uh, I want to I, I read from uh, John's Gospel, uh, chapter 3, and the first 10 verses. Um, this past weekend, I was in uh, West Monroe and, and uh, was at a friend, uh, my best friend's church where he pastors. And the uh, Holy Spirit spoke this something to me there. And this is part of it, just a little, little, little part, part of it. And, uh, but I want to share this with you, beginning with John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. It says, And there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And he came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Now I want you to understand this part. This is a religious leader who says they know. He's not saying I know. He's saying we know. So they've already concluded at this point in the early part of Jesus' ministry that he was a teacher who was sent from God. He says, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. I want you to notice that part. No one can do these signs and that you do unless God is with him. That was the thing in the early part of Jesus' life, his ministry, that convinced them. Okay, I want you to remember that part. For, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. Then he goes on, he says, Jesus answered him, and truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born of the water, born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He goes on, he says, excuse me, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. And Nicodemus said to them, how can this be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, but you do not know the, these things? And, and if I had to give this simply a title, it's There Is a Move. When I was in West Monroe last week, it was, like I said, it was, uh, I was in Monroe uh, Friday and Saturday night, and then I decided to spend the night and visit with my friend at his church, and, and um, instead of driving all the way home when I was exhausted and tired, and uh, it's, it's just good, you know, to fellowship with different people. And I know, having lived there, and, and I know a lot of people, some, some of the people that were there, so it was just good. And, um, but uh, it, that church is different than most churches, especially down here in South Louisiana, because I'll tell you why. Because 90% of all the people show up between 10 minutes to the beginning of the service and service time. And I told him, I said, that's unique. And, and I said, because in our church and a lot of churches down south, they don't show up until 15, 20 minutes after the service time. <laughs> but I mean, for like 
10 minutes, it's like somebody opened the double doors, and they only have two front doors, you know. And I mean, they're coming in like, and it's just, it's amazing. It really is. It's kind of exciting in a way. But at the same time, it's kind of like, whoa, it's kind of like Black Friday, you know, and everybody's trying to get in to get that TV they want or whatever. And um, so there was a lot, a lot of noise, a lot of handshaking and everything else going on. And uh, so I decided to get out of the line of fire and go get a seat and sit down and said hello to a few people along the way. And, and now, but I heard someone say this. And I heard someone say uh, to another person, we need to pray for a move of God. Now, that really blew me away in a, because I know what God's been doing in this church. And they're really growing and, and a lot of great things have been happening. Um, but I heard so it was the way, the inclination that the person said it. We need to pray for a move of God. In fact, and another one said, yeah, a real move of God. You know, like, like, like God wasn't moving already. And, and, it, and it struck me in a, in a very strange way, and I almost responded to the person, but they weren't talking to me. And have you ever done that? Hear somebody say something and turn and say something to them, and you weren't even in the conversation, you know? And... Um, I started to tell them what came to my mind immediately when they had said that, but I bit my tongue. And because what I, what I wanted to say is God is always moving and maybe you just don't recognize it. But I didn't say that. I just thought it. And, um, but it made me stop and ponder this a little bit. And that is that the God of the Bible is continually on the move. I mean, God isn't sleeping. He, he's not taking a break. He's not been distracted by things that are going on, right? I mean, God is moving. He's, he's continually has something going. There's something happening, okay? And our Heavenly Father, he's beckoning his followers to come alongside him and see what he's doing in the world. We're praying for a move of God. People are praying. We want a move of God. God's already moving. What we need to do is get to a place where we can see what God is already doing. Okay? So that means that our mission is, is, is about moving with God to see all the things uh, made new as we harmonize our steps and get in sync with the move of God. Have you ever watched people march how many of you have ever been like in a band or a marching group or whatever, and there's one person that can't get the, the beat, right? And they're like, the march, left, you know, they do, they do that thing, trying to get in sync. That's the way a lot of the church is. The Holy Spirit's marching, you know, he's leading, and, and the church is like trying to, do, trying, trying to get in sync with him. Because it's not about us doing our thing and God coming alongside us. It's God is doing his thing and he's calling us to come alongside him. So I came up with three simple things tonight. Three simple things. This is, this is it. And at the end, we're going to sing uh, a song, but then we're going to have our time of prayer. Now, usually at the end, we have prayer stations, you know, with points and stuff like that. But we're going to have three things 
And it's going to come from these three points. And I'm going to put those three things up on the screen. And that's what we're going to pray about. Okay? Have a difference. A little different. A little different, okay? Okay, so if, 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 if God is on the move and we want a move of God, then there's three things that we need to do. And the first one is we must be open to a move of God. Now, you would say, well, why in the world, Pastor, would you say we've got to be open to a move of God? Why, that seems silly. Why would you say such a thing? Because what God is doing and how God is going to do it and when and whom through and everything else may not exactly be what you think or how you think it should be. Did that make any sense? We have to be open to what God wants to do, how he wants to do it, in the manner he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, through whomever he wants to do it. Okay? And this is something that I learned as a young Christian, that it is possible to miss what God is doing. That's why I read the scripture from John. Here was a religious leader going, we know that you're a teacher sent from God. Nobody could do the things that you're doing. And then he turns around and he goes, how can this be? Jesus is saying, you've got to be born again. And he goes, how can that be? Can a man enter into his mother's womb again when they're old? That doesn't make any sense. In other words, here, here was God in flesh staring him in the face and... He was missing it. He's completely missing it. Um, those of you that may have seen the, the movie Jesus Revolution, how many of you saw that? Most of you. Okay, good. Um, you remember the scene when all the hippies started showing up in church? And on this side, you had the regular folks, you know, and then you had all these weird hippies over here. And the regular church folks weren't too sure about those hippies that were over there. In fact, some of them got up and left the church. Uh, and s some complained, I loved it, they complained that the bare feet of the hippies was messing up the brand new shag carpeting. Now, those of you who are young, you have no clue what shag carpeting is. But most of us who are older, we do. And it was, you know, carpet that had loops that were about that thick. And it's it just like, a, I mean, I had a van one time had shag carpeting on the sides of the walls. that Bubble windows and all that kind of stuff, you know. But, you know, and so in the next scene in the movie, what did the pastor do? When the next Sunday rolls around, here come the Bible-toting, you know, properly dressed Christian people walking in. And there's the pastor with all the hippies standing in line and he's washing their feet and giving them a towel to dry their feet off so they can walk in the church and not mess up the carpet. Um, God was moving, but they were going to miss what God was doing. And I remember my early Father in the Lord, if I can put it that way. I've had a couple of mentors in my life, but my early father in the Lord, Brother Joe was his name. And um, uh, he would tell me, he, he, he'd said this to the church, but he'd tell me this too. Many, many times he told us, he said, if we as a group, it started off as a high school Bible study in my, in my mom's house, myself and, and two other guys, and it grew into a church. 150, 175, 80 people 
um, it started coming. Well, the young people started coming. We got 100-something young people started coming to my mom's house. Then the parents who wanted to find out how their drug addict kids were getting delivered and changed and set free, they started coming. We started meeting on Sundays, and they would come on Sundays. And, uh, but the, our pat, we, our, so our pastor, Brother Joe, he would always say, if we won't move with God, he'll hop right over us and go down the street to find someone who will. And I, I'm, I'm a very picture, you know, learning kind of person. And I literally just pictured God hopping over our little white church building and going down the street to another church, you know. And, and I remember I determined then, for me at least, I determined then that whatever, whenever, however God decided to move, as long as it was biblically sound, because God's not going to contradict his word, I would go where he was going. Okay? And it goes back to that verse in that old song, though none go with me, still I will follow. I mean, so if, we're, if, if it, we have to be open to a move of God. Okay? We can't box it up. We can't decide how it should look, what it should look like, because the past looked like this. He already did it like this one time. We have to be open to a move of God, okay? The second thing is you must be hungry for a move of God. Now, I know this is going to sound strange, but I did a little looking up and research and stuff like that. And I found out that little phrase there, hungry for, is in the dictionary. Now, most of the time you think it's just words, but they had a phrase, the phrase hungry for. And so I looked it up and it said to have an intense desire to achieve, obtain, or receive something. Hungry for it. In other words, um, you know, uh, I... It's, it's been said, for example, an athlete, they're really not hungry for what it takes to be top. They're not hungry for it. They, they don't have that intense desire. Have the desire, but they don't have the intense desire uh, for it. Now, when we say hungry, usually in the natural sense, we automatically think of food. You know, in fact, my stomach was growling during worship, Justin. I'm sorry if you heard that. I'm sure you didn't, but I had my mic turned off. And, and, uh, but my stomach was growling. I didn't eat, to, you know, for, and, and my stomach, you know, you know, how, you know what I'm, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm thinking, man, I should have ate something before I came to church, but my stomach's growling, you know, hunger. We know what, when we say I'm hungry for something, we naturally think of food. I don't know about you. I don't think about bugs. I don't, I don't think about, you know, imit, uh, imitation, like 3D printed food or anything like that. I think of food food, you know. I want real food. And um, uh, so when we say, you know, for example, if I say, Crystal, I'm hungry. Crystal immediately knows I'm thinking food. She's not, she's not thinking, I wonder if he's thinking about food. No, she's, she knows I'm thinking about food, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. So if I say I'm hungry, 
anyone in here would automatically assume, I hope, any of you would assume that I'm referring to the fact that I'm wanting to eat some food. Okay? Now, somebody will say, for example, you'll be in a conversation with someone, and someone will say, man, I'm hungry. And somebody will follow it up with a question, what are you hungry for? And a lot of times we'll say, I don't know. And I always want to go, well, if you don't know, how would anybody else know? Right? I mean, come on. I mean, if you're the one that's hungry, what are you hungry for? I don't know. And then we start making suggestions. Anybody ever do that? Well, how's a hammer? No, I don't want that. You know, I want anything. You know, anything's good. And then you say, well, how about... Uh, tacos. No, that don't sound good. Anything else sounds good. And you go down a list of stuff, and they go, that don't sound good, that don't sound good, that don't sound good, that don't sound good. Well, what do you want? I don't know, but I'm hungry. Come on now. Am I talking, am I talking to you? You understand where I'm at? You know what that means? That, that means that, that usually it means that you have a desire to eat you just don't have an overwhelming desire for anything in particular. Okay? And so I, I, I sat down and I said, if, I were to, if somebody were to ask me, what does it mean to you to say that I'm hungry for a move of God? In fact, we could do that right now if we wanted to. If I were to ask you, in your own words, there's no right or wrong answer here, but in your own words, if I were to say, are you hungry for a move of God? And you said, yes. What does that mean to you? Anybody volunteer? See, I knew that. See, you're just like, what are you hungry for? I don't know. I know ain't nobody going to say anything. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw you out my simple my, this was, I didn't put it, listen, not like I prayed and fasted for five days or anything like that. I just sat down for a few minutes, thought it in my mind, and this is what I came up with, okay? Hungry for a move of God is an overwhelming desire to see God moving in a way that cannot be denied by anyone. Nicodemus said to Jesus, for we know you are a teacher sent from God because no one can do the things that you do except they be sent from God. Jesus, even later in his ministry, chastised the religious leaders and he said, you can tell the weather, but you can't tell the fact that the kingdom of God has come to you. So to me, if somebody was to say, how would you define a move of God? On a scale of one to 10, one being the least, 10 being the greatest, to me, it would be an overwhelming desire to see God move in a way that cannot be denied by anyone, whether they're Christian or not. I, many times I pray, God, move in such a way 
that you get the glory and nobody in any way can try and attribute anything that they did to make this happen. Okay? Um, I saw a sign last weekend in a restaurant in North Louisiana. I've got to preface that part because North Louisiana is much different than South Louisiana. Anybody from North Louisiana in here? Am I safe? Okay. The sign in the restaurant said this, out of my way, I'm hangry. 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 And I said, hangry. Now, you've heard me tell the story about how when I first moved to Alabama, I worked for the guy, and he told me the first day on the job, he said, come, he said, I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. And I didn't know what hungry was, and he told me it's like two steps past hungry. And I said, well, I'm hungry too. But I've never seen hangry. And, and I thought about it, so I thought hangry must be some, like, country thing, you know, because in North Louisiana, it's kind of like country, you know. It's a lot of country music, country cowboys. I mean, you know, it's just it's different than South Louisiana, you know. So I said, it must be a country thing, you know, I'm hangry. Did you know that Merriam-Webster's Dictionary has a definition for hangry? I looked it up. I just Googled it online to see what the reference, I figured it was some slang that somebody had come up with, and Merriam-Webster's Dictionary pops up with the word hangry. I said, that can't be. I went and checked it out. It did. And I'm going to put the definition up on the screen for you. It says, a concise way to describe a common feeling, irritable due to hunger. How many of you have ever been hangry? <laughs> you didn't even know it. You're gonna, the only thing you're going to remember tonight is that you, sometimes you get hangry. <laughs> you know, we get, it, it's, kind, it's kind of a play on the word angry and hungry. You know, but, it's, but that, that's, that, that's what it says. It's a concise way, a compact way to describe a common feeling, irritable due to hunger, hangry. I thought, out of my way, I'm hangry. I'm like, well, I sure don't want to be in the way of a guy. It was at a buffet place, you know. It was a Chinese buffet place where I sold a sign. And I'm thinking, well, I sure wouldn't want to be behind, in front of somebody who's hangry, you know, irritable because they're hungry. I was like... Go ahead, take my place. You know, go ahead. Man, get all you want. You know, I'm like, I'm getting out of the way of a hangry person. That could be a country song. <laughs> you know? So anyway, I got to thinking about it. I know, you're thinking, why would you think about hangry? This is the way God just speaks to me sometimes. The Lord speaks to me. When, if ever, have you been spiritually Hangry. Irritable due to hunger. Irritable due to spiritual hunger. And now I know that sounds silly, but irritated enough 
in spirit, soul, and body that causes you to forget about eating natural food, to forget about social media, to forget about other things that shout for your personal time, to cry out to God, to be part of his move on the earth. Years ago, there was a TV commercial with uh, Andy Griffith, and it was for Ritz Crackers. And some of you shaking your head, you already know that commercial. And Andy Griffith would come on, and if you don't know who Andy Griffith is, then there's no hope for you. I mean, you know, everybody knows about Mayberry, you know. I mean, you know, the Andy Griffith show with Opie and, you know, all them. But, but anyway, Andy Griffith was, at that time, was like at his peak and everything. But he made a commercial for Ritz Crackers. And he would come on and say, what are you hungry for? When you don't know what you're hungry for, he said, something on a Ritz cracker. And he'd go to the refrigerator, you know, he might pull out some ham or some cheese or something like that. He'd have all these different things on the plate with all the different stuff. He said, mmm, mm, everything good on a Ritz cracker, you know. He said, what are you hungry for when you don't know what you're hungry for? And that got me to thinking, the church in America has been like that. In that they're hungry for something, they're just not hangry to see a move of God in their midst. They're not irritated, they're not irrita irritated enough to, to cry out to God, but they're hungry, but just not enough to be hangry. <laughs> I know some of you are going, oh, hungry, hangry. Uh. But so it's time for the church to get hangry for the things of God. So we have to be open to a move of God and we have to be hungry for a move of God. And the third thing is you must share the move of God, okay? Remember at the beginning I said, you know, people said, we, we, we need a move of God. We need a move of God, a real move of God. And, and my first thought was, God's already moving. You just haven't acknowledged, you haven't noticed it. You don't discern it. You don't see it or whatever. So once God begins to show it to us, once we begin to see it, then we have to be willing to share it. I think that a lot of people pray for a move of God just so they could sit back and kind of like, you know, just hoard it to themselves and just enjoy it, that kind of thing. Um, God is already moving, but few people see it and even fewer people are ready to share it. For example, and, 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 and we've all said this before, but I just, it's the first thing that came to mind, so give me, give me a break. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that when you want to purchase something, let's say a car or a sofa or a house or who knows, a boat or anything, okay, that after you purchase it, you notice how many others there are just like it out there. My, my friend up in West Monroe, Brother Gary, um, about a year or so ago, he got a brand new vehicle and it was in a 
he didn't order it this way. Somebody had ordered it, and it accidentally came to the dealer. He just happened to stop by, and it was in a very unique color. In fact, the dealer said, we weren't even supposed to get this vehicle for another year to year and a half, in this, especially this model and this color. And he said, that's the one I want. And so he bought it. He wanted it. That's it. And it's a very unique blue-gray kind of thing, sports model, um, crossover, whatever, and it, it rides great. It's got all kinds of bells and whistles, you know. I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's pretty cool. And so he, he talked to me about the color. He said, he said, man, the, guy, the dealer couldn't even believe that that one came in like this. And he says, he said, I'm the only one that's got one like this. Two days later, I was at Costco here in Lafayette, saw the same vehicle, same color, took a picture of it, same, and it was the Sportster model. I said, your twin is down here at Costco in Lafayette. He wrote back, he goes, no way. I said, yes way. And, and, uh, I, and I sent it to him. He said, I can't believe that. And I said, picture don't lie. And I sent him a picture of it. And, um, but anyway, the point is that when we notice things, then we, it, it, you begin to see it all around you. For example, when people begin talking about the same thing, for example, let's say it's uh, of the local sports team, or how about gas prices? They're going up again. If you haven't heard, oil's going back to $95 to $120 a barrel. Um, food shortages. Remember last year when you, you st still this year, there's still things you can't get. There's shortages of it. I was, just con I was just looking at prices of certain things. For example, toilet paper for the church has more than doubled since this time last year. I'm like, good grief, you know. And um, it, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, when, when people begin to talk about the same thing, more people start talking about the same thing. So in other words, if we're talking about the price of gas going up, it, it, it irked me. This is Wednesday yesterday. I passed a gas station, and it was at such, such and such price. And I have a deal on, on one of my apps. I could get 20 cents a gallon off. And I was sitting on empty. And I said, but I need to run to the church real quick and unload some stuff. And then I'll come back down here and get it. An hour later, I come back by and my gas, the gas price had gone up 15 cents a gallon. And I was like, oh, can't believe that. Right, So you start talking about high gas prices. Everybody starts talking about high gas prices. Then what happens? Everybody's awareness is about high gas prices, right? It seems like everybody's talking about that. And, and, and it's, it's only because more and more people are talking about the same thing. Um, and, and, and there seems to be an interest in it because more people are talking about it, okay? My point is that many Christians are praying for a move of God as if it's a far-off event, like it's way out there, okay? But I propose to you that God is already moving, but the reason nobody knows is because no one's talking about it, okay? Um, 
Because we have an idea that a move of God should look like something that we already have concocted in our mind and we're failing to see what God is already moving and doing all around us. Revelation 12, 11. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. We should be the people who are quick to testify of what God has done, God is doing, and what God is going to do. We should be quick to do that. When, when somebody says, does anybody have a testimony? There should be like the whole house standing to their feet going, I'm first. No, I'm first. I'm first. I'm first. And instead we go, who's got a testimony? Everybody goes. You know, they're looking. Oh, somebody go say something. I don't want to be the first. <laughs> I've recently heard, oh, this past weekend, I heard of a large church in the Midwest. They fasted and prayed, and then they held a conference, and the conference was on the miracles of the Bible and how God still works miracles. Okay? And they challenged the people to begin to pray, begin to speak, and begin to believe for miracles. All kinds of miracles. This morning, that's all I could pray. I just kept saying, miracles, Lord. Miracles, 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 miracles. And in fact, um, the Lord, just, I just, over and over again, I said, Lord, show your power. Um, show your strength, show your power, and show your glory. SPG. Now, to me, in the barbecue world, that's salt, pepper, garlic. SPG. <laughs> it's the basis for everything. And so I was like, show your power, show your strength, show your power, and show your glory. So this church, they challenged, it's a large church, okay, 10,000 10, plus. They begin to pray and speak and believe for miracles. The pastor just recently released a short video that he sent out to a few of his friends. And um, I haven't seen it. Um, I'm going to see if I can get it um, because it's not, it's not like copyrighted or anything like that. But in the weeks that followed, the time of fasting and praying, and then praying and believing and declaring and standing on it, you know, for miracles. As of last week, the pastor said that they have seen and experienced 969 documented miracles. 969 documented miracles. They said everything from healings, creative miracles, families restored, financial blessings, you name it. It's been happening. In, in, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the, the synoptic Gospels, 
There is the record of a young girl who died. Remember Jairus and sent for Jesus? And all three of those Gospels tell the story about the girl who died. And they laughed at Jesus for saying she's just asleep. And he put all of them out except for three of his disciples. And then he spoke to the girl and she wrote, she stood up, the Bible says, and he, he commanded the parents, give her something to eat and don't tell anyone. And yet the word says that the word spread throughout the countryside of, of the girl being raised up. And that's without internet, text, Snapchat, anything, okay? I'm telling you, TikTok, you name it. I mean, the word went everywhere. It was like, why? Because everyone was talking about it. And too many Christians today are fearful to even share their story with other people, okay? Yet they, they speak of loving God and loving Jesus, and they'll sing songs about Lord, I want to sit at your feet all day. I want to bask in your presence. And yet they won't tell anyone what he's done for them, what he's doing for others, how much he loved, they love him, how much he loves them. Uh, they won't say any of those things. We need to change. The church needs to change its vocabulary and declare there is a move of God taking place not one coming there is a move of God taking place I really believe that that as we begin to focus on that and and um, in fact the pastor up there Sunday he he said um, uh, um, they were going they they had a call for people to pray for people who needed a miracle and as they, as they did that, uh, they were praying, and the, he asked me to come. He said, Pastor Bob's here from Lafayette. I'm going to ask my best friend. I'm going to ask him to come and pray with people. And we were just praying for people all over the place. Then afterwards, he said, okay, I want testimonies. How has God touched you? What did God do? What did this happen? You know, whatever. He said, if God did something, I want to hear about it right now. And immediately, somebody stood up. Another person stood up. Finally, it just started going down the line. And I thought, man, I wish I had something I could say, you know. And then uh, he was getting ready to close the service. And the Lord showed me something in the spirit. I'm not, I'm in, in, I think I'm going to save that for another time. But I said, wait a minute. I have a testimony. So when, when he got ready to, um, uh, to, to dismiss, I said, Pastor Gary, I said, can I have a moment? And I said, and I just told him what I saw in the spirit and what the Lord showed me was coming in the next week to two, three, four weeks in the natural and what's going to happen in the spiritual is, is in, the, in this move of God, the move of God. See, it's already happening. It's already taking place. And, um, and, and I said, but I have a testimony. I said, because just a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was sitting right there in my church. And I said, I had an adverse effect to some medication. And the pain in my arm and shoulder and neck was so great that I couldn't hardly lift my left arm above my waist without me picking it up with my hand. And even doing so was painful. But during the worship, nobody touching me or anything else I felt this warmth come over me, and my hand shot up in the air just like that. 
And I said, and I put my hand back down and said, I said, and Brother Gary, I said, I've been putting this hand up every time before I ever put this hand up because this is the one that hurt. And I said, I testify to the healing of God. And um, uh, so we should be that way. We, we need to begin to speak what God is doing. Even the little things. We think it's nothing. The little things. God is moving. He's moving in, in the little things, the big things, the gigantic things. God is moving. And if you start telling what God is doing, and you start telling, you start telling, you start telling, you start telling, you start telling then guess what? then people are starting to speak and they're starting to tell and they're beginning to, to, everyone's talking about what God is doing, not what God is going to do. He's doing it now. He's the God of today. He's the God of the now. And so we need to be talking that way. And um, so anyway, um, I, I'm, I, in, in a moment, I'm going to put three, the three things that I've talked about Am I open to a move of God? We're going to have some time of prayer in a moment, but we're going to have a song first, that, that, a video I'm going to play. You know the song, and, and, or the songs, but they've changed part of it near the end that this is a move. This is a move. There is a move already taking place. Am I open to a move of God? We have to ask that of ourselves. Am I open to a move of God? Am I open that God can do it any way he wants to? If God wants to speak through a donkey, am I willing to let him do it? Okay? And then am I hungry enough? In other words, am I hangry enough for God, for a move of God? And then am I willing to share and declare a move of God that is already happening? Am I, or am I waiting for something so spectacular that that's the only thing I'm going to talk about? Or am I going to talk about the blessings God's doing in my life that, you know, it just, I just believe that we're missing opportunities to glorify God through our testimony. So God's like, why would I do anything else if you're not even going to give me the glory for what I'm already doing? Now, you may not agree with that, but... I just think, you know, if you're not going to give the God, God the glory for, for what, he's, what he has done and what he is doing, why, why should he do anything else? I mean, really. He, he does everything to give glory, to bring glory to his name. So anyway, um, that's, that's what I had. That's it. And so uh, this is the song that came to mind. And... Um,
This is 
Am I open to a move of God? Am I hungry for a move of God? And am I willing to share and declare a move of God is happening or taking place? I want you to pray into those three things for yourself. Don't pray for the church. Don't pray for everybody else. We have to make this right first in our lives. Just take a few moments. You and the Lord right now. This is our prayer time tonight. These